Good afternoon and welcome to SJ at Noon. It's a quick 30-minute recap show. Of course, we had to sidestep the defense, try to work through the penalty kill. We had some power outages. Uh, we were going to have a jam-packed show with some guests, but we'll fill you in about what's happening. Of course, Rory McGorn alongside the news joining you on Monday. News, how was your weekend? Six games on Friday, five on Saturday, one on Sunday. Another busy set in the SJHL. Yeah, busy uh, weekend all the way around. I think about 14 games, uh, Rory, since we, uh, since we last recapped. It's the most wonderful time of the year whenever there's games. It is. Uh, of course, we were going to welcome in head coach Humboldt Broncos, Scott Barney, head coach of the Flint Flon Bombers, Mike Reagan, and the leading scorer in the SJHL, Mark Rumsey. But a uh, little power outage in Southern Regina put a spin to it. So we will recap your weekend, but no guests this week. Fortunately, though, all three have confirmed to rebook for next week. So just be prepared. We'll have a jam-packed show again next week. Same format and with some guests to uh, highlight what's, again, this week again. And those teams are all rolling. Rumsey's rolling. The Bombers are rolling. The Broncos yeah. are rolling. And it'll be fun one next week with three guests yeah and you know there's some real marquee matchups and we can talk to them about those marquee matchups coming up this week too so it's all going to work out great and it's all going to work out entertainingly for you since we were going to welcome in mike reagan on this week's show let's start with yes. the Flynn Flon Bombers and give, give a little love to Flon Vegas though a Flan five Vegas. and five nothing win on friday against melfort and then a nine three yeah. win against the Notre Dame Hounds on Saturday. My question to you about the Flint Flon Bombers is this. Is it at all possible yeah. that they are kind of getting disrespected? Because when you talk about the best teams in the league, the first two things out of people's mouth are the Broncos and the Bruins. But in my opinion, the Bombers need to be right with that conversation, and you can't leave them out. I think they're just as good as those two teams. Mm -hmm. And as far back as I can remember, since I've joined the league in 2018-19, when you're talking about the top teams in the league, the teams to run for the SJHL championship, the, it, it, the Bombers are never left out of that conversation. So are they getting disrespected for a team that's still first place in their division? Yeah, I don't know. They shouldn't be because obviously there's the mystique of the Whitney Forum. Everybody knows, goes to Flin Flon. Everybody's excited to, to go there and play. Uh, and also, I think Mike Reagan would uh, admit that his team has taken some time to percolate, to gel, to get used to his system. So they're very, very good. they got lots of talent. But the consistency hasn't been there until now. Now it's here, Rory, and they are looking scary. It is your CAA road report, of course, as we look back to a busy weekend. Yeah. What I love about the Flynn Flon Bombers, you look back a couple of years, you know, the Nate Hoopers, Caleb Moretz, Cole Refuse, Alec Mollo. There's always that powerhouse 20-year-old, mm -hmm. right, that's near the top of the standings, if not in first place. Yeah. This year, it is by committee. It is a younger team. There's only one 20-year-old in their top five of scoring and three in their top ten. You're talking the likes of Jeremy Trombley, Cole Dupero, they're all buying in. Of course, you still have the Mike Reagan pucks on net. They average like 40 shots a game, so yes. that hasn't changed. But it's a younger team doing it by committee, which I love to see, and they can roll out any line and punish yeah. you anytime. Yeah, it's young for a Flynn Flon team. Sure. Or yeah. like it's, it, there's a lot of O2s, which is a 19-year-old. So I'll give them lots of credit. And most importantly, Rory, and this is the same thing for the humble Broncos, we'll say, is most importantly, they have Cal Shell, the O1 in net. Four shutouts. And he is four shutouts yeah. in 13 games. Yeah, He's been spectacular. That's a huge, a huge difference for LaRange. Or for Flon too. And they can beat you in any way. They're yeah. three and one in one goal games. They're five and two in two goal games, two yeah. and oh in five goal games, two and oh in six goal games. So they can yeah. win close. They can win blowouts. Yeah. Cal Shell can get shutouts. And the defense pairing of Xavier Lapointe yeah. and Cole Vardy, uh, it's the best in the league, and I'm not sure it's even close. Yeah, we've got a Cole Vardy goal, I think, to show you guys, too from the game against Melfort. But we're going to see this game, this goal on repeat all year for Flynn Flon. Yeah. Cole Vardy's shot 
is a absolute weapon um here you know you see the Flin Flon power play all, you know every year too Rory it seems like Flin Flon's power play is is absolutely elite in this league and and you know Mike Reagan's found different ways to do it but the one timer here set up boom there it is for Colvardi that is a missile that is a weapon yeah, that's great puck movement there on the power play. And Cole Vardy and Xavier LaPointe, both yeah. with 17 points already. They're one, two defenseman yeah. leaders, and they're the best pair in the league. I don't think there's an argument no. with that. Yeah, 9-3 nine, nine, against Notre Dame. Um, you know, right now, it's no, there's no secret that the Anderson, Dutil, Nolan line is really rolling for the Hounds. You know, they, they had a steady diet of LaPointe and Vardy all night long and Flynn Flon and you know, Flynn Fon won 9-3, so there you go. I can take your lead if you want to jump into the Notre Dame Hounds, who yep. picked up a 7-3 win in Nipawin yep. in the cage. Tough place to pick up a win, and they were exceptional on the power play. I believe 30%. At one point, they were 5 for 7, yeah. uh, and then ended up having about 14 power plays. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of power plays. 14 yeah. power plays is yeah. insane. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what happened with Nipawin there. Uh, Notre Dame's my surprise team of the year so far. They got the first mm-hmm. pace power play. Elliot Dutille just keeps scoring. Kevin Anderson can take over a game. Sam Kroon and Jared Six have been exceptional on the point. They're a young team. you got to give credit to Brett Pilkington. Uh, they're all buying in. They're tough to beat on any night, especially with Austin Elliott on his game. Mm-hmm. The one thing, if there's any criticism towards them, very top line heavy. Yeah. If you shut down Anderson, Dutille, and Nolan, you have a great chance of winning the game. Anderson, this was before Sunday, so if they got any points, it could be a little bit different. But 27 points for Anderson, 24 for Dutille, and 21 for Nolan. Then Sitch and Kroon both have 14. Other than that, their high-scoring forward has nine points, and their high-scoring defenseman has six. Mm -hmm. So there isn't a lot of secondary scoring yet, but if you shut down that top line, it could be the Achilles heel right now for the Hounds. Other than that, I have nothing but great things to say about what they've been able to do. Yeah, and a lot of uh, inexperience, a lot of inexperience at the junior A level up and down that lineup, but there's no doubt that the chemistry between Anderson, Nolan, Dutil is something that's special to watch. Uh, we, you know, Before this weekend, we really saw John O'Hoyne start to really pick it up. Oliver Band, who actually has a, some junior experience down in the NCDC in the States, he was starting to pick it up. Bobby Pakapek, before he picked up his injury in Nippowin, he was starting to play well. So the secondary scoring was coming, but to your point, you know, absolutely. That is uh, one of the top lines in the league. And on the flip side, I also agree. It's it's a thing where, you know, the, those five guys aren't the ones, you know, creating right now. It's a bit of a problem for Notre Dame. And the one win, or yeah, the one win they picked up was against the Nipwin Hawks. So again, they smoked Larange too. Oh, on Sunday, yes, yeah. the three, three for three. Pardon me, I forgot about the Sunday game. Yeah. Um, the Nipwin Hawks, though, what's what's happening there? Because yeah. if you look at their goals for and their goals against, there isn't much discrepancy on a team that you would see in a slump, right? You look at mm-hmm. a Weyburn or a Melville; it's almost two goals more against than they score in a game, right? And that's not a recipe for success. But Nipwin's a two sixty eight goals per game and a three eleven goals against per game. Even Kindersley is more spread out than yeah. that. So is it just a matter of bounces or not picking up the wins that they they maybe should on that given day is is that what's leading to the slump is it a lack of firepower because they're in eighth place i believe right now or is that maybe just where the hawks are this year Uh, yeah i would i would argue and and you actually made the point earlier at the beginning of the year when we were doing our predictions that maybe this would be the first real real down year in nipawin history for a long time i think doug johnson the head coach and gm in nipawin saddled his horse to you know, Chase Ham, mm-hmm. Dylan LaCroix in net. That hasn't exactly worked out. Chase Ham on his night has been spectacular, let's be honest. But when he's not on his night, you know, it's been a little bit tough. I think they've had a lot of injury issues. You know, Carson Dobson, 
Um, Achille Couture missed a lot of time. Uh, Liam Bell missed a lot of time. You know, Evan Bordas hasn't been his normal great self. So, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that are kind of underachieving. And then and to the last point I'll make about Nipwin, you, you kind of said it, they don't have a lot of firepower up front. Andrew Schaub, I think you were saying, leads the team in 13, 12, points. 13 points. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, there's not a lot of guns. But N- Doug Johnson's teams haven't, al- have, haven't always could have hung their hog on scoring lots of goals anyway. Um, but usually they have, you know, those elite goalies. You know, you think about, uh, you know, Patrick Pugliese and, you know, you think about uh, Hobbs, Hobbs and, yeah. and kind of the list goes on there up in Nippowin. And, you know, it just hasn't been the case so far this year. Doug Johnson will keep tinkering. The pressure to win in Nippowin is very high. I'll tell you what, though, if yeah. they do keep the games close, they're 4-1 and one in yeah. one-goal games with two yeah. shootout losses as well. So they're picking yeah. up points in games they can keep close. Yeah. The penalty kill has got to be fixed a little bit, of course, because, as yeah. we mentioned, the Hounds went 5-14, f- for, five for and 14, then the North yeah. Stars went 4-4. Four for four. Yeah, well, the 5-14, for 14 and, and not to rub, the, rub it in too much, but once it was 5-7, five 5-8 for, for, for Notre Dame, Brett Bilkington on the Notre Dame bench, not, not out of any disrespect to Nippowin, but just simply because Notre Dame had a 3-3 three and three up in that northeast swing, and that was game one of the 3-3, three and three, so he needed to, you know, rest some of his big guns, and, and he wanted to give certain guys, uh, you know, some opportunity on the power play, too, in, in, a, in a game once once the Hounds are up 7-1 or 2. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, the, the, the you know, the, the 60 minutes is not coming together right now for Nippowin. But, again, Doug Johnson, he always finds a way to be tough, especially by the end of the year. It's your CAA Road Report as we recap the weekend that was. Of course, we're just going to have an abbreviated show this yeah. week. All of our three guests coming back next week. Mm-hmm. Roy McGorn alongside the news. Thanks for joining us. If you have comments about your team this weekend, please comment along. We'll try to get them out. Uh, let's jump up to the Humboldt Broncos, first place in the SJHL. Yeah. 10-2 win against LaRange on Friday after LaRange opened the scoring yeah. with the first two goals 10 straight for the Broncos and then a 5-1 to wrap up that northern uh, road swing into LaRange and a sweep against the Ice Wolves they took advantage of an Ice Wolves team that once again having troubles keeping the puck out of the net yeah and we got a couple Humboldt goals guys over there a couple Humboldt goals uh, guys over there <laughs> coming up um, yeah you know I think th- <laughs> what what's so funny I don't know <laughs> you know I, I think I think Scott Barney's teams uh, over the year couple last couple of years and you've seen them obviously way more than I is you know they kind of get rolling downhill and it's hard to stop them and if there's a guy in the league uh, that can really coach offense and get you know he's got a lot of talent he definitely does up there in Humboldt but if there's a guy in the league that can get even more than the sum of the parts of players piece them together you know it, it, it's Scott Barney but let me ask you this Rory mm-hmm. you guys Humboldt brings in Gage Newins um, brings in uh, Morozov yeah uh, from BCHL but longtime Western Hockey Leaguer um, you know does that mean that roles of guys like Matty Perkins and McGrath and these guys get diminished a little bit more with more mouths to feed. Is that a bit of a challenge for Scott? I don't, I don't think it is at all because you look at the line of Alex Soretsky, Lucas Ceccarelli, and Matthew Perkins, yeah. who the first game that Morozov came in, who also had three points in his first game. So that's kind of like the statement he made coming back to the Humboldt Broncos who drafted him actually second overall way back in 2016, but he never suited up for the Broncos, went to the WHL, as you said. But that line combined for 15 points on the 10-2 win. So I don't think having too many mouths to feed is going to be a problem because if they roll out the Logan Kirky, Braden Coran, and Connor McGrath line, you shut that down. Then comes Lucas Ceccarelli, Alex Retzke, and Matthew Perkins. If you manage to shut that down, then you have Cage Newins, Alex Morozov, and Rhett Gibson. So there's just a lot of tough matchups yeah. going, especially if they have last change and you have the ability to put out who you want against certain defense pairings. I just think it, it it's it, I'm not a bad thing to have too many mouths to feed in the Broncos, and you're seeing it because they scored 10 and 5 over the weekend. Yeah, 
Is that good? Ten and five. Fifteen and two. It's is all not right, bad. I think. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's all right. And then I think uh, <laughs> you look back at the goaltender. You can't talk about the yep. Broncos without talking about Race Ramsey picking up his sixteenth and seventeenth yep. win of the season, which is six, I believe, over the next goaltender who has eleven. You look at the amount he's played, though. Is that a concern? If you know Race Ramsey, you don't think it is about how well he takes care of himself. But an outside eye looking in, you see he has 1,239 minutes. The second place has 925, so 300 minutes more, almost five games more. And then you look at his saves, 551. That's 150 saves more than the second place goaltender. So is there maybe a little bit of room to where the Broncos are going to need to find some consistency with the backup goaltender in order to give Race Ramsey a break from time to time? He started 12 games in a row. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting question, and only Race can really answer that question. And, you know, in his Western Hockey League career, for the most part with the Kamloops Blazers, you know, he wasn't the number one guy, even though in the Western Hockey League, you know, you're traveling all over, you're traveling to BC, you're traveling to Manitoba and everywhere in between, uh, obviously. So, you know, he's the travel, I don't think will be a a big thing, Mm -hmm. but, you know, for him to stay focused, you know, every single night. And I think, you know, we kind of go back to LaRange quickly as a quick comparison, Dawson Smith. Uh, you know, played four of the five ge- f- you know, f- the four games in five days at Laurent. He did have played. a pretty cool save played, too against Notre cool Dame. Yeah, that was Dawson pretty cool. Smith yeah. made on the Elliot Dutil. Probably, you know, it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> he wasn't but, looking. Uh, he wasn't even looking. He was facing the front. But uh, here it is. So you see Dutil. Oh, oh. you see Dutil. <laughs> oh, we kind of missed it on our screen here. We can roll it back. There you go. He <laughs> it back. I don't really understand exactly what happened, but I guess he threw it. Dutil kind of shot it into his uh, into his blocker, yeah. but. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it was amazing, but uh, you know, again, it was hard for Smith, I think, to stay focused throughout this game, and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what Ramsey can do. I'm sure Scott Barney's in the in the market either to do that or to you know to hope that Liam Stevens can can pick up a couple games here and there. And uh, one more thing, I want to talk about of the Broncos because it's just cool to see uh, their their top firepower. Right, was second, third fourth and fifth in the league behind Mark Rumsey. Few Notre Dame Hounds after Sunday have snuck up in there and broke them apart. But you look at it and Wouldn't it, say and they snuck, Roy. Well, they didn't sneak, but they got in there after Sunday. Right? They haven't been sneaking, Nolan but again, Dutil it's the Anderson and, 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 and Dutil and, and Anderson line. dominated they're, the weekend. I would call it sneaking. But, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> you look at the uh, discrepancy of age uh, that's scoring for the Broncos as well. Logan yeah. Kirky is in 01, Alex Soretsky is in 02, Connor McGrath is in 03, and Matthew Perkins is in 04. Yeah. So it's not a load of 20-year-olds that are propelling along. They're doing it from all ages and all lines. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, we, we've, we've talked about this a number of teams. You know, I was going to talk to Mike Reagan about it. You could talk to Scott Barney. You could definitely talk to Brett Pilkington because Dutil and Anderson are both 03s. I mean, throughout this league, a lot of the coaches deserve a round of applause. You talk about Jason Tatarnik. Obviously, he did a lot of experienced guys, but Kalen Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's been incredible. He's been outstanding. Yep. And uh, he's, again, another guy, young guy, getting an opportunity in this league, this SJHL which for the over the years gets this reputation of being 19, 20-year-olds only, you know, lots of WHL drop-downs and gruff and physical and da-da-da-da-da. We, we have to keep changing that narrative. And as I said it last week, the way to do that is for these coaches to give young guys ice time, and they're doing it. So lots of credit to those coaches. They are. And, I mean, another bold prediction. You already saw Connor McGrath going to Ferris State University, your yep. Direct West commitment. Congratulations to Connor McGrath. A big accomplishment for him. First one of the year to NCAA Division One this season. I won't be surprised if the SJHL breaks a record in NCAA yeah. Division One commitments this year. There's so much young talent, and I know the eyes are on the league. Oh yeah, I mean, man, we could we could go, we could talk for, we could do a whole show on on the young guys that we think could end up there. Yeah. Obviously, you know, think about 
you know, Sitch and Duke Till, you think about Fitzpatrick, you think about, you know, Perkins, that seems like it's probably going to be sort of any day now. Is Barlaghi, feels like he's been around the uh, SJ mm-hmm. forever too. Is still, o, still an 03. He's an 03. Yeah. Like he feels like he's been forever, been here forever, right? He's an assistant, assistant captain assistant too, captain. right? And Humboldt and, you know, you, you kind of go up and down the list. Uh, you know, I think there's lots of good talent that, that are, that's young, and, and I agree. I think there's there's going to be some serious D1 numbers this year. Yeah, which is great to see. And like you said, the yeah. way to keep that uh, propelling forward is to keep influencing the youth into the game. Yeah. And we're seeing it this year in spades, and it's incredible to see. Let's yeah. move on to the Estevan Bruins, though, because they picked up an mm-hmm. 8 nothing win on Friday and a 3-2 win on Saturday. Well, you got to give credit to the Weyburn Red Wings on that 3-2 loss. Mm-hmm. They were down to 14 skaters. They yeah. had nine forwards and five defensemen. Yeah. And two of the defensemen playing were actually forwards. Yeah. So to hang in with the Bruins on that Saturday game, big props to the Weyburn Red Wings and those players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 8 nothing game got a little out of hand. You got seven more points for Rumsey, who now has an absurd 24 points in 10 games. Unfortunately, we can't talk to him this week due to a power outage, but we'll bring him back next week. The SGHL's leading scorer and the Estevan Bruins, of course, leading scorer. Uh, it, the first game got a little rough. Obviously, there's no room in the game for the hit that uh, Dobson hit on Zach Burns, but it was great to see here that Zach Burns is doing okay after being taken yeah. to hospital, and he'll make a full recovery. So that's great to hear. But it got a little out of hand, I would say, uh, and it was an eight nothing win for the Bruins. So you kind of maybe expect mm-hmm. that in the highway rivalry between them and the Wings. Yeah, it's always spicy between these two. And you talk about young guys getting an opportunity. Cody Mapes, mm-hmm. the Weyburn Red Wings head coach and GM. You know, you know, said, "Hey, like we're gonna get give Joe Young a nice opportunity out there in Blackfalds in the in the AJ, the twenty year old, and then we're gonna really trust Daza Mitchell to play." Mm-hmm. And he had a bit of an injury, but he comes back, and it wasn't like he had to stand on his head completely in that three to two game. And we have the the game winner for Rumsey there, the Estevan Bruins for for Rumsey that goal, which again you can't blame Daza, but kudos to uh, Austin Hansen and Matthew Reedy, as you mentioned, the the two. Forwards, there's Hanson 41 for mm-hmm. Weyburn on the ice, unfortunately. But, you know, I, lo- I love when kids say to a coach, you know, hey, like the coach says, hey, can you do this? Can you give this a try? And the kid just says, yeah, let, like I'll do my best for you, coach, or yeah. whatever. Like, And clearly that seems like what the situation was for Hanson and Reedy to uh, to Mapes, and, and they did a great job. And so big-time kudos to Weyburn for you. I, I mean, you look at the Bruins, and like they're we all know the roster they have. It's incredible, yeah. right? They roll any line, yeah. and, and they can punish you. But they're first in the league in goals per game. They're first in the league in goals against per game. Mm-hmm. And they're first in the league in combined special teams. So taking your power play and your penalty kill yeah. percentage, adding it up, 114.2% percent which is i think anything over 106 is like superb and they're at 114 yeah well i think i think at the start of the year if you're a coach of a junior hockey team you kind of aim at 100 percent right sure yeah 80 that's right over 106 is is excellent anything over 100 you're you're doing okay but the thing is you know it it does come at you in waves with estevan i mean oliver pouliot has really found a lot of or olivier pouliot has found a lot of chemistry with rumsey yeah they're they're great and they're great together and you know we've talked about it at length on this show and i have a piece up on sjhl.ca bringing key and calder from the portage terriers Mm -hmm. which is a you know a manitoba team that's really struggling this year for the first time i feel like ever i feel like (laughs) never struggles you can talk about that more Mm -hmm. than me being a manitoba boy but um Again, Calder's come in and been dynamite. Von Sprecken's been dynamite too. And, you know, Fitzpatrick. So there's lots to like on this uh, Estevan team. And again, Jason Tatarnak is going to just keep batting. What, once, yeah, he, that's what he's going to do. One player you left out too, who's only played yeah. a few games back from the WHL, right. who had an immediate impact is Eric Pierce. Mm-hmm. That's a, an incredible piece to add. He played yeah. a few last year in the COVID shortened season. And now back, uh, he, he was taking over a couple shifts against the Broncos in his first game. Yeah. And, and you know, I saw Eric Houck 
uh, a bunch this summer uh, at the uh, next level there uh, talk about Jason Jacob Faith is sitting over there he works for the league and he was at this uh, next level next level uh, sort of men's league that they had in the summer and Eric Houck looked outstanding for that too out of the Swift Current Broncos um, so you know the, the list goes on and you know got to give Boston Bolos props to 182 goals against average and 933 save percentage mm-hmm. um, six foot three long time Western Hockey League experienced goalie too so you know it's all kind of coming together uh, in Estevan and um, they're going to be a machine, and especially if they, you know, with no disrespect to anybody, but the longer that they keep playing these teams in the Viterra. I'm going to, I was uh, going to say it, dude. Sorry for stealing your I, I was here. going to say it. I've said it every week so far. Yeah. I'm taking some slack hey. for it. I'm sure Jason yeah. scoffs no. at it. I've taken some yeah. Twitter heat as well. Sure. They're 10 and 0 against their division. Yeah. They picked up 20 out of their 31 points the against the Viterra the division. Yeah. They're hey. 5 4 0 and 1 outside of yeah. their division. Yeah, so got, five, we got nothing but love for Matt Hare and Cody Mapes and Mike Rooney. Well, on paper, the Estevan Bruins yeah. are better than those three teams. Yeah. And no one's going to argue that fact. No, nobody And can. they're 10 and 0 against the Viterra division. Yeah. So, but again, when you put the opponent in front of them, your job is to beat that opponent. And they've been able to do that against their division. Yeah. Outside of the division, again, still a winning record 5 4 0 and 1. But they've picked up some losses. And we're going to see this weekend yeah. where oh. the Flint Fawn Bombers are compared to the Bruins. You That's a heck of a game. Circle your calendar. Yeah. yeah. Home, uh, two games there between Estevan and Flint Fawn. We got it to on the uh, coming up on the road report, I guess, Friday and Saturday at Whitney Forum. Estevan and Flynn Fun. I'm sure Mike Reagan's doing lots of notes and Jason Tatarnik's got his notes going. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That's some that's some appointment viewing. Yeah, that's the uh, the marquee matchup of the weekend mm-hmm. for sure. Estevan and Flynn Flan. It'll yeah. be a barn burner for sure. And we'll get we'll get a little uh, measurement to kind of gauge now where is Flynn Fun because my opinion, they're right there. I think they're yeah. right there. Yeah, well they're getting healthy and you know, talk to Mike Reagan a little bit uh, about you know, around the Notre Dame game and uh, you know, he he said it was critical that they got Matt Raymond back in the lineup. He's really a heart and soul guy. Been around the league for been around junior hockey for a while, an Alberta guy too. So they got the the firepower. They got the guts now too, and they got the goaltending. So there's not much more that uh, you need. And um, you know, again, you go into Whitney. Uh, I wouldn't want to bet on that game. I mean, the the Malaysian betting odds or whatever. <laughs> I have a joke. There's, a, there's not a real SJHL Malaysian betting ring. I'm just joking. <laughs> but the betting odds in that game would be a. Uh, but you just got to flip a coin, don't you, Rory? Yeah, I, absolutely. I think they're they're neck and neck with their yeah. ability to score right with the humble Broncos as well. Though I think when you talk about one, you got to bring in the other two, the top three teams in the league. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, are the North Stars that far out? Mm-hmm. Because well, they, they picked up yeah. four in a row, including a 3-1 win over Kindersley, a 4-1 win over Nipwin this weekend. They aren't the same impossible-to-score-against team as we've you know remembered in yeah. the past. But what a wagon. although they only allowed two goals this weekend, Michael Harash getting both starts was fantastic mm-hmm. in net. I believe 41 shots, stopped 39 of them this weekend. Yeah. But they are the highest-scoring team in the SJHL. Yeah, it definitely comes at you in waves, and we have a Battleford's goal, I believe, Emmett Worst. But uh, Emmett Worst is one of nine guys, Rory. I was mm. looking at it today. They, one of nine guys on this Esti- on this Battleford's team that could be legitimately top three, top six forwards on a lot of teams oh, yeah. in this league. Southgate, Kesslering, Esau, McNinch, Walters, Primack, Dole, Worst, and, and, and Colby Bear you throw in there. Is he a good young player? Um Nine guys are that could be a top four, top line player. No, are they? Are they? Are they the most elite? Are they the Rumseys and the Kev Andersons and the the Kirkies? I mean, if you put Southgate and Kesslering in a situation where they needed to be, mm-hmm. maybe. 
they haven't had to be because as you've said many times on the show, they just come at you in waves. There's no break. No, there's not. And there's nine players on the team that are over double digits in points. Yeah, yeah, and right. you mentioned it. If the, if the McNinch and Esau's aren't going, then you get the Kesslerings and the Southgates. If they yeah. aren't going, then you get KT Walters, who, who has had a great start to his SJHL career. Yeah. Really shifty player. I think he had a little bit of an injury as well earlier. He's back in the lineup. I like him. Yeah. Emmett Worst. Like they got a lot yeah. of firepower up front. And if, you didn't really watch the first 22 games of the season looking at all the rosters. You'd say, who's the high-scoring team? You'd probably pick Estevan. you maybe throw Humboldt or Flint Flon in there, but it's the battle for the North yeah. Stars. And what a wonderful way for Holden Dole to start his uh, his junior career, too. I wrote about early in the year about how a sign of a healthy league is that the local elite talent is staying there. And the fact that Holden Dole, who's a, a Martinsville kid, the fact that he's decided to stay in uh, the SJ and stay in Battleford, we're going to get great coaching from Braden Klamosko and Gary Childerhose. Mm. Um, like, I think that's just awesome and awesome for him to be surrounded by all those guys who play, you know, 200 feet of the ice too. just a hard, hard team to play against. And it's fun. And, and it was interesting. One last point I'll make about the North stars is um, after a couple of games, Notre Dame and Battleford's and the hounds were playing really, really well at the time. Um, you know, they still are to some degree, but they were playing really, really yeah. well at the time. And uh, and they had these two matchups, and it was just like a mirror image. Balford's a little bit more experienced. You know, Notre Dame maybe with Kev Anderson and, you know, Dutile right now a little bit on the higher, higher end. But, uh, you know, it, it was fun to watch because they were just two teams trying to kill each other. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. So Didn't mention the, the tripping penalty again. You took that one. I, I've blotted that out of my <laughs> it's memory. Gone? It's gone. You've moved past it? Yeah. It took gone, a while. I've gotten it took past a while, the, didn't uh, it? Yeah, the, the <laughs> overtime winner in Battlefield. You, 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 you were a little about. tender for a few days. I was very upset. A little tender. Uh, yeah. More <laughs> as we talk about it right now. So let's, <laughs> so let's, let's move, move on. on. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a shout out to, of course, James Venny. Uh, first career shout yeah. out in the Mustangs. 2 nothing win over the Orchid right. Terriers. Yeah, and we have uh, a nice goal. First career GSJ goal, too, for Leighton Halloween. You guys can throw that up too, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed uh, a mixed week, I guess, for Melfort getting uh, you know pounded by Flynn Flon there, but then they found a way to win against another you know Yorkton team that Rory, you know, when they don't have Keyshawn Gervais in the lineup, it's really hard for them to score goals. You, you see a nice typical Melfort Mustangs goal here, low to high, work it around, bodies in front, puck to the net, goes in the net. You know, so it's it's bread and butter for <laughs> Melfort all the time. It's nothing fancy, but they they play Trevor Blevins' way, or they they get out the door. It's pretty simple. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Melfort Mustangs are another team that yeah. uh, off the start yeah. they were one that was up with the top team in the SJHL after the run they had. They've mm -hmm. cooled off a little bit, but again, they're one that on any given night can beat the Flint Flons, the Broncos, the the Bruins, the North Stars. They're they're right yeah. in the mix too. Yeah, they're like I've talked about them. I, I like a lot of their pieces. You know, Ben Tkachuk, Lucas Ochitwa, Seth McCullough, the list goes on. Um, but they are definitely a system team over a star team. Like, they play Trevor Blevins' system to a T when they're going. Um, they're not going to score 8, 9, 10 goals probably most nights against you. But they buy into Blevins' way, led by Ben Tkachuk, who you've talked about many times mm -hmm. being as complete as anybody in this league. And when, you know, we've seen it, I've seen it with Notre Dame, um, you know, I've seen it with a bunch of other teams. When your top player is also your hardest working player, the one that's most bought in, it does absolute magic for your team. And I think that's the situation in Melford. Glad you see a road report. Did we take all the turns you wanted to take? Yeah, just, just again, Caleb DePape for Yorkton. Just unbelievable. I love mm -hmm. this kid, man. He's 180 and 184 goals against average, 929 save percentage. 
and uh, you know just plays with an enthusiasm and an effort and energy for Yorkton that those fans should just really get behind him consistently. And uh, just yeah, big big fan of the young man too. So wait, wait, well done. Continue this year, Kale. Your CAA road report, of course, recapping last weekend. A solid thirty minute segment there, Newsy. But there is a lot to recap. Mm. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll play a little who's hot, who's cold in our abbreviated show on SJ at noon.